Drawing room over here. You made it. Oh, come on through. Do you fancy drink? What's your tipple? Seventy-year-old country music star Lucinda Williams' grandfathers were Louisiana Methodists. Her parents were rather more artistic souls, you could say. She forged her own way through the predominantly male business side of country music, making sure to stay true to herself, earning her awards and the respect of her peers. But in 2020, she was dealt not one but a trio of crises. Lucinda Williams, welcome to you. Hi. You lyricised about your southern upbringing, which you say was both happy and difficult in your song Bust to Baton Rouge. Uh, you remembered mm-hmm. being told to pick a switch or we'd say a stick in this country uh, <laughs> t- to be then disciplined with. Was growing up in a world where kindness and compassion was sort of promoted but not always enacted a bit confusing for you as a child? I guess maybe. I don't remember it being confusing because that was what I was used to, you know. So, you know, this was a different time, too. That's just how it was. I mean, it sounds terrible now by today's standards, I guess. You know, that was a different time. Those were the old days. How do you pick a switch? (laughs) What do you look for? Uh, Yeah. The kid, if the kid's going out to pick a switch that he knows he's going to get switched with. You You try to find one without too many thorns, little, you know, little thorns on the switch. They're like branches, kind of, like small branch, thin branches. It sounds like um, a, t- a terrible, a terrible thing indeed. <laughs> y- your mother studied to be a musician and she loved music, but she never mm-hmm. pursued it. Your father was a poet in a way, do you feel like their forces combined to create your talent for writing? And yeah, I, I definitely believe that. I think that I, I got, I inherited my musical genes from my mother and my writing genes from my father. So I was very lucky in that department. And my mother pursued music, but just not professionally. She played at home on the piano. And my father, on the other hand, pursued a career in writing, in poetry, and he taught creative writing at different universities. He had that drive, you know, that I think I inherited from him also. There was a moment, though, later in your father's life where he told you he could no longer write poetry due to his Alzheimer's. Tell me about that moment. Yeah, that was horrible just for me to hear, you know, I hadn't realized it. it was the first time I'd heard him say that. And I just, I cried like a baby. I just cried and cried. I didn't know I was going to cry until he told me that. And then, but it was so shocking and traumatic for me to hear that. Because, you know, that was such a big part of him was his poetry and hearing him read his poetry and talk about it. And I mean, it was just his whole world you know, and became part of my world. So, yeah, that was a heavy moment. Of course, country music has a pretty long Republican association, you could say. The Dixie Chicks had trouble breaking that by coming out against then-President George W. Bush, for example. You've been vocal about Mm -hmm. your social and political views. Has that ever felt tricky to reconcile the two? Um, Not for me, it hasn't. I mean, 
because well for one thing i'm not always associated with the country music industry you know that world because i i kind of i move in different circles than like someone like the dixie chicks you know because i'm a rocker mostly so you know you know i've given myself permission to be outspoken about some of these things you know and not everybody in in the country music world is a republican i mean a lot of them are though so i know what you mean nashville is mostly red you know we call it a red state because that means the majority of people are republicans unfortunately you know you just deal with it and you do what you can to fight against all that stuff and move forward just like you probably have to do in your country with things like that. Well, it seems to be coming more divided. Uh, yeah. you know, I don't know if you're certainly experiencing that in your country from everything we read. Is it becoming yeah. more difficult to display your colours depending on what they are? I mean, I don't think so. You know, I haven't ever felt like I can't, you know, carry the flag of peace and freedom you know, never. I've never felt, I haven't felt that way so far since I've been in Nashville, you know, or since I've been associated with the country music world, probably because they're bigger fish to fry. <laughs> but there are some local politicians and regional politicians who are very liberal and progressive and outspoken. And, you know, they're, they're, we do have people like that here. You know, we just have to make sure to vote, get to the polls and vote for the right people and try to get them into office and keep them in office. I want to ask you, Lucinda, about one of your first dates with your now husband, Tom. You went to a Springsteen show in Los Angeles. Basically, Mm -hmm. you fell in love that night, both professionally and personally, didn't you? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that was a wonderful show that Bruce did that night. He, it was his Devils and Dust tour. So he was playing at the songs acoustically, you know, stripped down without his band. And it was so good. I was so impressed. Well, he's, he was pretty impressed too. Springsteen came up to you. You discovered he was a bit of a fan of yours. Yeah. he He had been a fan for a while and, I knew that, but I didn't realize, you know, how much of a fan. And, you know, I spoke to him a little bit after the show, and then we were invited to go have dinner with him and his band and crew. And so we went and did that, and that was great. He's just such a down-to-earth, friendly person, you know, just a regular guy. I mean, he's the kind of guy you have to remind yourself that you're sitting next to a huge star, you know, because <laughs> he's so, such a regular guy, that, you know, just a wonderful person, a great artist, of course. If you just join me on RN Drive, Lucinda Williams is my guest. We're talking about her new autobiography and new music. We'll come to that in a moment. It's fair to say 2020, Lucinda, was pretty challenging for you. A tornado damaged your new home in Nashville. The pandemic was raging and all the chaos that that brought to the music industry. And then uh, you had a stroke in which you had to learn yeah. to walk again. You hadn't, you couldn't play guitar. What did you learn about yourself in that period? Uh, that I'm very resilient and I have more strength and reserve than I realized. 
I started doing a lot of rehab, physical therapy, and, you know, just made it through and didn't give up. You've had to learn to play the guitar in a different way, I've, I've read. Yeah. Uh, have, and you've had to adjust well, your songwriting technique. So does this new album feel different to you because of that technique? Yeah, it's a little different, mainly because I um, got into collaborating, you know, writing with other people. Um, but actually, it was really fun doing that. I found that I enjoyed it. I think if you're with the right people when you're writing like that, that it works better. Because I'd tried co-writing before and hadn't had much luck at it, but this time was different. I was I worked with my husband, Tom Overby. He's also my manager. And a friend of ours, Travis Stevens, he's also our tour manager. And he's a singer-songwriter, too, and very good in his own right. And another singer and songwriter, rock and roll guy, Jesse Mallon, who's based in New York City. Um, he had the band. You might know him from his band, D-Generation. Mm, and he came, he came in and joined. Yeah, he was great to work with because Jesse brought in a, a rock and roll element into some of the songs. So, you know, it's ended up being a very productive, creative time. And I think we came up with some good stuff. Not many people, yeah. Lucinda, would say recovering from a stroke at 70 is a productive and fun <laughs> time. I mean, well, your first gig back uh, on stage was opening for Jason Isbell. You're not really going gently, are you? No. <laughs> I want to play right. your song where where the song will find me. Tell me okay. about this song. Well, that was one that Tom Overby brought to the table. And he wrote most of the lyrics. I wrote the melody. And you know, it's just it's really about being ready for your muse, the muse, if you will, you know, to come in. And just being ready to, because songwriting has so much to do, I think, with, you know, um, at the risk of sounding kind of too spiritual and sort of woo-woo, hippie woo-woo, you know. <laughs> um, a lot of it is a sort of stream of consciousness, I think, or it's that way for me anyway. And I know a lot of other songwriters have talked about that, that. You know, sometimes you feel like you're a vehicle through which the song can flow, you know. So it's sort of about that. You never know when it's going to hit you. You know, you could be in the backseat of a taxi or on an airplane or driving on the freeway in Los Angeles or anywhere in the shower, you know, and something will just come to you. And you have to find a way to write it down or record it in your voice, record on your phone or something. But, you know, it's just about, it's about that. And I think it's sort of a spiritual song to me. You know, I wish Tom was here right now so he could explain the song better. I don't know if I'm doing a good job explaining it. Um, I'm trying to get Tom up here to 
kind of join in because he actually came up with that idea and most of the lyrics for that song. I oh, came up okay. with the melody. Yeah, we started writing, working together on stuff, and but it, it turned out to be a very creative, productive time, you know, because he would come up, unbeknownst to me, he was he was a good creative writer. <laughs> you know, he'd, he said he enjoyed it a lot when he was in college and, you know, kind of met, fiddled around with it a little bit back then. But, you know, we, he started bringing ideas to me lines and everything and he would show them to me and they were good you know and i would end up using them and working a song taking them and making them into a song or i'd add them to a song i was already working on or something and so it's been it's been good you know i always like to think of tom waits and his wife kathleen who write yes, together yes. also yeah <laughs> you, you that, do sound genuinely surprised feel- you do sound genuinely surprised that Tom was, uh, in fact, a pretty good writer. I know, because he didn't, you know, make any mention of that when I first knew him. So <laughs> he kind of kept it. He was kind of shy about it, I think, you know. And when he would first show me, he would bring some lyrics to me and he would say, now, you don't have to use these if you don't want to, but I just wanted to show you, you know, in case you might want to use them for something and, you know, and, and at first I thought, oh, no, what if I don't like them? But then I, I would read them and they would be good, you know. And I, so I was like, wow, okay, this is cool. I can do this, you know. Well, one so, does never cease in a marriage as, know, as long right? as yours. <laughs> I know, yeah. So we just kind of tiptoed into it, but then, you know, had some fun with it, especially when we added a couple of other people including Jesse Mallon, who I mentioned before, and another friend of ours, Travis Stevens. And part of it started because I wasn't able to play. So it made it hard for me to sit down and work on a song and, you know, get it down recorded or whatever, because I didn't have, I couldn't play guitar. And Travis started, you know, he offered to, be my guitar, you know, do the guitar playing for the songs. You know, I would show, I would tell him the chords and I would sing it for him. And then he would come up with the chord structure and, you know, so that helped a lot. And then it just kind of went from there. Sounds like a then, very Tom Waits esque partnership, Lucinda. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's been a pleasure to get a chance to speak to you. Your new album is Thank Stories you. from a Rock and Roll Heart, released June thirty, and your new book. If you want to know more about Lucinda's life, is Don't Tell Anyone the Secrets I Told You. It's released July fifth. Lucinda Williams. Thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you. You've been listening to a podcast of The Drawing Room with me, Andy Park. For more great conversations, search for The Drawing Room on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.